Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, you all, and welcome to our weekly episode of Taking Care of Business. Um, you know, I, I, in the last few weeks, I always say, joining me in this chilly, freezing morning, I think we're in the freeze for another two weeks, so I, I will stop uh, using that phrase. We're frozen here in Calgary for the last two weeks, and it, it seems that we'll have uh, another two weeks of uh, cold weather. Uh, maybe I should have one. A segment on global warming with people coming here and experiencing what we are going through. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of season two, from time to time we'll do change uh, with our show, and uh, instead of uh, you know having a guest, um, I'll be a guest today, uh, and I'm going to be interviewed uh, by Sasha. Sasha Sokolova has been uh, my assistant with the radio for the last six months, yeah. uh, more or less. And uh, we were kind of chatting about uh, the business, and she's, uh, you know, uh, very, I would say, focused on on growing her pers- personal and professional success. So uh, we decided that she wants to ask me a few questions, and she will be today the host, and I'll be the guest. Uh, it's uh, nice to change from time to time. So, Sasha, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Relaxed. Uh- Yes, or not yet? Yes, not, not too bad. Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm excited to come out uh, from the backstage of the <laughs> podcast and switch the roles with you and ask away the questions. Oh, perfect. I think you you even have a better face to come out of, of, from the back to the front. Maybe I should go to the back. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see about that. I'm, I'm thrilled to have the full hour of your soul and uninterrupted attention, but I also don't think an hour is enough time to go over your extraordinary history of leadership. So let's talk a little about you, David. Okay. Uh, where did you grow up? And uh, talk a little bit about your childhood. Okay. So I uh, grew up in uh, Israel. I was born in a city called Haifa, which is uh, Mount Carmel uh, that people, uh, a lot of people know from the Bible. And um, it was, it's on the Mediterranean. So um, I think growing up, uh, the one thing I miss here, living here in Calgary is the Mediterranean. Um, but Overall, you know, childhood in the 60s was no computer, so you had to be out and uh, actually talk to people, talk to friends, go and play with them. Uh, And I did a lot of that, uh, way more than studying. Um, I wasn't, I would say, the most uh, focused uh, student at school. Uh, but I had amazing uh, social life and, and social relationship with friends that uh, still today are my best friends uh, 50 or 45 years later. And we're still, uh, you know, contact. And when we go back to Israel, my wife and I, we, we visit our friends. So that was uh, kind of in terms of uh, being a student. Um, I just, you know, I passed through school, let's put it this way. And... Uh, other than that, I lived with my dad. My parents got divorced when I was 10. I lived with my dad and, um, you know, uh, regular mid, you know, mid, I would say, I, I'm trying to describe the right word, to find the right words, but regular life of a boy in the 60s and 70s. 
And how old were you when you became elected as a president and general manager of a professional sports team? So, uh, that was uh, late 80s. Um, I was in my late 20s. Um, and um, I think, if I'm correct, I was 28 or 29. I was at that time, I think, the youngest uh, GM in Europe because we played, the team also played the European circuit. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, it's uh, I don't know if you know the story, how I became uh, part of the management and later no, the president. No, if you could walk us through this transition. So uh, the team is from my hometown, uh, from my home city, Haifa, and it's called Maccabi Haifa. And uh, they play with green and white. That's the uniform. And I was a fan, of, a big fan of both uh, soccer, football, and, uh, and uh, basketball. So I had season tickets for both. Um, and uh, my best buddy, Elan, and me are very passionate about our team. And, you know, the Mediterranean people are very passionate people. Yeah. And they don't, we don't hide our feelings and emotions. And uh, there was a game against, we played against Maccabi Tel Aviv, which was the champion, uh, the champion at that time. Uh, they won the championship uh, like five years in a row, ten years in a row before. And it was a very heated game. And my buddy and I, we had season tickets behind the visiting team bench. So we can let them know what we think about Mm -hmm. them, about their mothers, about uh, everybody that is involved with their team. And that game got, uh, as I said, very heated on the court. And uh, of course, uh, off uh, off pitch, uh, off court, uh, the fans got hit. And um, we were standing there, we were front row and above, kind of above the bench of the visiting team. And my buddy and I, and I'm, you know, I'm 6'4", mm-hmm. 270 pounds at that time. And uh, they kind of uh, called police to kind of separate between us and them. And they called the existing um, management uh, of the team. And one of them knew me. One of them, uh, one of the management uh, team, uh, the guys on the management of the team, he knew me from uh, business because at the same time I had my insurance brokerage. Okay. And he was trying to kind of uh, calm me down, calm me down, and uh, I was screaming at him. And, and and then he says to me, you know what, if you're so passionate, if you want us to succeed so much, why don't you join the management? And I said, you know what, let's talk about it tomorrow because we had neighboring offices as well. He was in the insurance industry. He was a, a, an appraiser, um, sorry, an assessor, and I, and I had my insurance brokerage. We met the same uh, the next morning. And from then, I joined the management of the team. And later on, uh, when the uh, GM president uh, had to leave because of uh, other, uh, you know, personal and professional uh, assignments or or duties that he had to, uh, um, they asked me to become the president and GM. That is a fascinating story, David. (laughs) I'm not so sure my wife supports the fascinating (laughs) stuff. So, while you were managing a basketball team and facing your first serious leadership role and working closely with a team coach, what were your most difficult challenges at those time and most important lessons learned being so young? Um, the first thing I, le- I learned, uh, I, it was when I left, that it was a mistake for me to assume that role of president and GM uh, mm-hmm. because I wasn't a professional GM and, and president, I was an emotional 
mm-hmm. and you can't be emotional uh, because we're talking about budget, we're talking about money, and as a fan, I was too emotionally involved with the players, mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, you know the the want of of us as management for the team to succeed. Um, so I made some mistakes. Uh, I, I, I've learned that you cannot be emotionally attached to to a business uh, venture, uh, and I had to treat it as business. So that was uh, one of the things. But I think I've learned it when I stepped down. When I when I left, I said, okay, how do I summarize it? And kind of post mortem, uh, those are the mistakes I did mm-hmm. during during the the uh, tenure of being uh, the GM and president. Um, I think. I improved or maybe learned how to work with people and understanding it doesn't matter which industry you are, whether it's real estate that I do today, whether it was the insurance that I did at the time, or whether it's uh, sports. At the end of the day, it's a people's job. So you can call it, we are people, uh, we're a people uh, team playing basketball or we're a people company dealing in real estate or we're people because it's all about the people Mm -hmm. and the way you treat your employees colleagues people that work with you is the way that they will treat the the, the outside world the clients the fans the 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 media when when we're talking about sports it was media and, and fans and i think it was uh Really, uh, a good experience for me to 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 see because you have in every team, whether it's work, whether it's uh, sports, you have the top guys, mm-hmm. then you have the middle guy, mm-hmm. then you have the guys that you know we call them in sports the red shirts or the bench warmers in basketball, and you have to deal with all of them, different personalities, uh, different inspiration, different uh, ways of dealing with, with with their success or failure, and of course you have the coach, and the other thing I've learned. And I think that was, um, at a certain time, I hired a sports psychologist to work with the team because we were almost relegated to the second division. And I hired a a sports psychologist. We ended up doing a phenomenal run till the end of the year. But I've learned one thing. When you hire someone, whether it's a coach or a VP of of property management or VP or or controller, don't micromanagement. Don't micromanagement. Let them... Let them do what they do best because they do it better than you. Don't cut them by the knees. Mm-hmm. If they have to make decisions and they make decisions, support them. Even if it's the wrong decision, then fix it. And I, I think working this that year with a coach and that sports psychologist, um, Mr. Friedman, I think that would be, for me was a great lesson that I hope I'm taking and I took and I'm still taking in my business uh, ventures right now that when you hire someone to do a job, let them do their job. You can be mentoring them, you can be helping them, Mm -hmm. you can be supporting, you can learn a lot from them uh, and and don't micromanage them. Let them them fly, let them soar. That's uh, great. So you uh, learned to put your hot temper aside and emotions aside and learn to... uh, uh, you know, apply logic to your decision-making process. It it, it is uh, part of uh, you know personal development. Yeah, I was uh, you know very emotional. Very, my temperament was always kind of coming out you know fiercely uh, when I was younger. 
today, sometimes my uh, executive assistant, Sarah, comes to me and complains, uh, why don't you get mad? And I go, well, how is it going to help me solve the problem? Or how is it going to help us tackle the problem? Right. So uh, I, I always tell her, count to 10. And I've learned to count to 10. Not when it comes to my kids and my wife. Then I'm still, you know, emotional and my temper goes out and I have to then say sorry and, 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 and maybe buy chocolate or something like that. Uh, but, but definitely I've changed a lot in my, uh, I would say, uh, professional behavior mm -hmm. in terms of um, – plus – we know we move, when I go to Haifa and I go to Maccabi Haifa game, you <laughs> can still find me uh, doing stuff that I hope nobody's taking, you know, videos and put, posting them on Facebook. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was involved with police more than once during, as a fan. Uh, but that's why in Calgary, I, when I go and watch hockey, I sit, you know, nicely and I, you know, clap my hands. First of all, uh, my team is green and white, so I will never wear the red. The I support red. the Flames, but I will never wear red. I don't have anything red in my no. wardrobe. Nothing. <laughs> so So what do you wear to the Flames games then? Uh, I go with a suit <laughs> if I go from work or jeans with a shirt, uh, but not red. It's 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 a taboo, and uh, my wife knows. I don't... Nothing red nothing comes red. to it. <laughs> yeah, so not even socks. Well, too bad. It would suit you. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on a little from that point of your leadership journey and dive into your insurance brokerage age. I know very little about that stage of your life. Describe the process behind leaving. What might be the dream job of every youngster in Haifa to start a career in such a different and a little uninventful industry such as insurance? So um, I have to go back and say... Um, in 1985, I, um, I joined the uh, Haifa University, and after three days, uh, I decided it's not for me. So um, <laughs> Three days? Uh, yeah, three days, I graduated university. <laughs> and, um, and the first thing I did um, after three days, I asked my dad, how much do I owe you uh, for tuition? <laughs> and I said, this is not for me, I'm out. And I went into sales. And... You know, I had a diploma from school, but that's it. So at that time, to get a job, a serious job, was a little bit tough. So I went into sales and I started looking for what will fit me in sales or where can I uh, succeed in sales. And through friendship, I got uh, an opportunity to work in an insurance brokerage that was owned by one of the three big banks in Israel. Mm -hmm. So through that, in 85, I started learning the insurance uh, industry and worked with this company uh, for a couple of years. Um, and following, I was recruited by an insurance company, not a brokerage, to work as a life insurance uh, sales supervisor. Um, which I did for another uh, three years. Uh, I remember because our first one was born in 1987 when I joined, and then in 1990 I left. But what I didn't like about working in a big company, uh, again, it was one of the top five or six insurance uh, companies in Israel, is uh, all the internal politics, uh, pushing and shoving with your elbows to make advancement. It's not just about uh, your ability and your success. It's also about um, 
how do you uh, suck to the right guys or kiss mm-hmm. their ass? And uh, it's not in my personality. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my personality to kiss someone's ass and uh, to make progress. If I deserve it, uh, I should mm-hmm. get it. If I don't deserve it, that's okay. You know, everyone has uh, good and, and, and not so good uh, traits so uh, that we bring to whatever we do. So... Um, after three years with this company, I realized that uh, there's a ceiling there that I cannot penetrate professionally. And um, so I spoke with another guy that was working in the same uh, company with me, and uh, we decided um, that we are going to leave the insurance company and start our insurance brokerage and sell insurance. And uh, that's kind of, uh, that was April 1990. I remember the day. So, uh, Sasha, I, don't, I have to interrupt you for a second. Okay. Uh, commercial we, breaks. Well, we, as you know, uh, we, <laughs> we need to have a short pause for our commercial breaks. Uh, I encourage you to uh, check one of my two companies, uh, open a new tab and check www.barclaystreet.com. It's Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, street, fully spelled, dot com. We will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with uh, Taking Care of Business. Uh, the host today is Sasha Sokolova, and the guest today is, uh, is me, David Wallach, uh, owner of Barclay Street Real Estate and uh, Triumph Real Estate Investment Fund. Um, Sasha, the mic uh, goes back to you. I'm done. Okay, so David, <laughs> let's go back uh, to April 1990. Okay. You started your own insurance brokerage. Correct. Um, how would you compare your leadership tactics while managing insurance brokerage versus professional sports team? Did you have to adjust your style a little differently or did you find that whatever worked on the basketball floor worked in the corporate walls just as well? And uh, you know, I have to go back mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit further back than basketball. Um, 
in Israel, when you finish high school, you go to the army. Mm-hmm. And I've joined the army at age 18. And um, within a few months or almost, a, I'll say within a year, um, I assumed the role of a staff sergeant. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the, re- the right rank, but I assumed it uh, working with the, the officer uh, that of our platoon. Um, he decided that I should replace the, the, the current uh, staff sergeant. And you learn one thing when you are in an army, I would say Canadian army, US army, Israeli army that is in in, in, in situation of combat and war, you've lear- you learn more than I would say the Swiss army or the, the Dutch army. Yeah. One of the things that you've learned, that I've learned and became um, one of my strongest beliefs in really leadership is lead by example. Um, what I mean by this is don't ask other people to do what you're not willing to do. You may not be capable of doing everything they can mm-hmm. and vice versa, but you have to push yourself if you ask, uh, push your, yourself to, to the max if you ask other people to push themselves to the max. You have to, to lead them by showing them the way. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, when you watch all those movies about uh, the civil war in the US or other wars, you'll see, you'll hear the word uh, charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the word follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, so our brokerage, our insurance, insurance brokerage was a very small brokerage. It was my partner, myself to start, then I bought him out on a few months later. And we had, uh, if I remember right, we had one admit person. So it wasn't something that I had to manage a lot of people, um, but you had to manage the relationship with your partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is an, uh, that's another life lesson that I've learned uh, because before that, I didn't have partners. In the army, when you're a staff sergeant, you have the officer above you and you have the soldiers that report to you. Um, when I was the GM, I was the GM. I was the final decision maker. And, you know, we had management meetings. But at the end of the day, if there was a draw or a tie on decision, I, I had the double vote or the vote, the final vote or mm-hmm. the final decision. Uh, and, of course, I had above me uh, only the team owner. Uh, the, he gave me a budget. Uh, you know, he gave me advice, but he, he didn't get involved in my decisions. Mm-hmm. Here, I had to learn how to work with an equal because we had equal shares. Mm-hmm. And that's what an, that was another life lesson. And that's why uh, that partnership broke after less than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned is in partnership, which later I did another mistake <laughs> with a partner. <laughs> but what I've learned here is if your partner if you take a partner that is not able to compete with you, and I'll explain in a mm-hmm. second, it's not going to be successful. What I mean by this is, and I'll describe. So he will come in the morning and say, did you do this, 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 and this? Did you call this, 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 and this? Mm-hmm. Kind of give me a, a, a work, work list. And basically he was there almost as an admin assistant, Mm. 
telling me what to do and how to create more traction to our brokerage and how to bring more clients and how to bring more deals, whether it's uh, life insurance policy, uh, fire policies, car, auto. To, to a certain point, I told my wife, for why do I have to split 50-50 with him? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, you know, show up to the plate and swing the, the bat to try to get the mm-hmm. same, why do I have to split 50-50? I'll take the admin person, maybe I need another one, and I'll have everything to myself. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned is twofold. One is that bre- that friendship broke because mm-hmm. we were friends before yeah. with the wives and kids. So that friendship broke because of that harsh discussion I had with him saying, this is not working. You're not putting your effort in. I am supposed to do, I've done this, 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 and this. You've done just sitting there doing mm-hmm. paperwork. Uh, here is, here's a check. I'm by myself. You're by myself. So friendship with, friendship uh, destroys, uh, sorry, partnerships destroys friendships. Mm-hmm. It can create new friendships. And the other thing is, when you decide to take your partner, make sure that this partner the next day can open a competitive store across the street and fight you for business. The reason I say it is because then you don't feel that you carry someone, you feel that both of you carry the load. And it's not, it's never 50-50, but at least both of you carry some load together to make it a successful, prosperous uh, venture. Okay, so what were your priorities at that time then? Who my priorities? My priorities at that time were wrong. Uh, my priorities um, were first of all the team because I have to explain. When I had my insurance brokerage, I was also a GM. The the team when I joined the team, uh, the team was almost on the verge of uh, bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So um, my priority was the team then my family and then the business mm-hmm. and that was wrong at that age um, should have been family business and then the team number three um, and um, you know we had some uh, tough times in, uh, as a result because uh, I was so passionate and, and, and so involved with the team that my office became the team's office and and I had no day no no night uh, like I used to work uh, like half a day or a full day in the insurance, part of it was already working on contracts and dealing with players and it wasn't just pure insurance. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come home, uh, have dinner or have a coffee and then go to the practice or to the game or or a meeting with the management meeting. So the priorities were completely wrong. When it came to the the business, to, to my brokerage, my priorities were... Very simple. Um, I was trying to make sure that my my portfolio of clients is built from people like me, meaning people that are entrepreneurs, people that own their own business, mm-hmm. so I can give them the whole gamut, the whole package of insurance. Because I was insu- I was uh, licensed in life insurance as well as uh, third party and 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 fire. So all the life. So I was trying to get a portfolio that is balanced with uh, small, mid-sized companies um, that if one of them leaves, nothing big happens to your portfolio. Uh, I was never going after big, big, big firms. And um, 
so so that was my priority to to get a balanced book that I can. So if I if I look at at, at my business, I'll, I'll have the life insurance for the for the business owner. I'll have his personal home. I'll have his uh, company or or the facility he he works at. Uh, the cars they have, uh, his uh, wife, son, whoever mm-hmm. is uh, needs to be insured. So that was the priority in terms of how I built uh, my insurance brokerage. But as I said. It wasn't um, it it wasn't high enough on my list. It should have been above the the, the bus basketball team and not vice versa. But you know, that's it, what you learned. Yeah, exactly. You, you we always tend to to kind of uh, you know turn to the stuff we like to do, mm-hmm. and, and that's the difference between uh, you know becoming successful or not is try to push the envelopes on the stuff you don't like to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like saying, telling your partner that it's time to split apart. Coming back yeah. to this, did you buy him out? Yeah. yeah. I uh, We kind of uh, looked at the portfolio at that time. It was, uh, as I said, it was short-lived, so it was less than a year, so it wasn't a big deal. Uh, here's how much we paid for this. Here's mm-hmm. this, uh, I'll take the list upon myself, I told him. Uh, here's a check. I wrote him a check on the spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Bob's your uncle. And, and how that old is... were you then when that happened? <sighs> Ninety-one. Okay, you're okay. Uh, now. I'm in a math. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-two. Thirty-two. So okay. thirty-two with uh, one kid and one on the way. And you know, there is a popular saying in Russia that uh, life only starts at forty. Okay. And in your case, it oh. couldn't be more true. <laughs> By the way. Uh, before you continue with your question, mm-hmm. do you have also a phrase about w- what age it ends or just what it starts? It only starts oh, at okay. 40. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, in, in your case, it couldn't be more true. Uh, while most people are settling down and preparing for retirement and you decide to pursue a journey to a new continent, new country and new culture. You bravely sell everything you've been building over decades and buy one-way ticket to Canada. Correct. Fast forward two more decades and you're a president of what used to be tiny local brokerage and now is well-established largest local commercial real estate and property management firm in Alberta. Privately owned. Privately owned. Yes, they're bigger um, than us. You know, after trying yourself in professional sports and insurance, why real estate? Please describe your decision-making process. Okay, um, you know, sometimes in life, things happen uh, by coincidence. Mm-hmm. Well, there's another phrase that goes, uh, if you believe in God, God has his mysterious ways. So you're right. At, uh, we, we, when we decided to immigrate to Canada, um, I was just before my 40th birthday. I celebrated my 40th birthday a few months after we moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we moved my wife, Zohar, and our three kids. Um, and what happened is during the process, we did the whole process in Tel Aviv, uh, the embassy. And uh, following the interview and the medical check and everything, following the, the last interview, uh, the guy at the embassy said, uh, you know, I'm going to approve you. Uh, you can go to Canada. You can move to Canada already. You'll get your papers. Mm-hmm. And so it was... Uh, was December 28th, uh, the day we uh, left Israel and came to Canada. Uh, it was plus 25 in Tel Aviv and minus 18 when we landed the same day. That was our welcome. 
But what happened is uh, the Canadian government lost my medical exams, my check, my uh, medical uh, checkup. Mm -hmm. They had the family, but they didn't have mine. So I had to do new ones, but we were already here. So I went, did them here, sent them to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv Embassy sent it to France, where is the hub, the European hub for medical checks in Europe. Uh, and then, so that process took until November. Mm -hmm. So I had 11 months that I couldn't work here. Oh. And I couldn't do anything. Thank God we had some money from left from our, uh, from what we sold in Israel. But what I did after I, when I was here, I was traveling around the city. I was like checking the city, checking what kind of industries are. So I was, you know, midlife crisis, I was looking at the wine industry mm -hmm. to get into the liquor industry. I said, yeah, it's not for me. But what I've noticed is that the city is going crazy with construction everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking 1999. Mm -hmm. Oil barrel was 11 bucks at that time. but the construction here was going crazy. So I tell my wife, you know, real estate, if we had more money, I would buy real estate now like crazy. And I had a couple of meetings with some of the people, two people from my community, uh, the Jewish community that were involved in real estate. And, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to do the real estate course. And I did a real estate course by my own. Um, I just went there and did it three weeks, got my license. And I said, I was the only guy in class said, uh, I'm going commercial. And one of the reasons I gave, I said, you know, we're new immigrants. I have three young kids and a wife. And I don't want to work evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. I want to work with business people. That that's, if you remember, that was my portfolio of insurance. Insurance was based on business people, entrepreneurs. And I said, this is what I want to do. And um, so I got my license, um, and then I started looking for a job. Uh, some companies um, wouldn't hire me just because I was different. I was 40 years old. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just a young kid out of university that can slave. I had a weird accent. Mm -hmm. My English today is Shakespeare compared to what it was then. <laughs> um, and uh, companies like Sevier, uh, Richard Alice, and, and uh, uh, Avison Young at the time, and JJ uh, Barnicky just said no. And then one of uh, my friends introduced me to uh, John Trude from Trude Real Estate at the time, and John said, you know, if he's a good guy, hired him. And uh, so I started here. Uh, in this company that the old name was Turod Realty on February 14th, 2000, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, which is coming, I think, in two days. Mm -hmm. So that will be my 19th anniversary with this company. We we made some changes change, uh, since, of course, but that is the story how I got to real estate. And now real estate is my true, true, true passion. I found my passion at 40. Sasha... You're doing an excellent job because I feel that I talk too much and we have to go to our second commercial break and I encourage people to open and check my second company www.triumphref.com triumph t-r-i-u-m-p-h-r-e-f.com and we will be back following the commercials. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back for the last segment of today's episode of Taking Care of Business with President of Barclay Street Real Estate and Triumph Investment Fund, David Wallach. Sasha, I can retire. Yeah, <laughs> you can replace so. me. I yeah, think. I definitely can replace you when you're sick. <laughs> and, and I can see that you're enjoying it, which is awesome. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't come across like a very fearful person, but I'm assuming you know, making such a bold move uh, when you're 40 and taking your family with you. How did you overcome the fears? Um, hmm. I, I, if you I, had I, any. Yeah. You know, the time that I had some fear was not after I joined uh, the company. It was that period of time of a year that I couldn't work. Um, and that was scary. I don't fear. It was scary. Like there were days that I and nights that I didn't sleep well because you know we had our resources that we or we sold our place in Israel and we had some money. But when you don't work for a year and um, you kind of uh, you don't work for a year and, and the uh, money starts to you know dwindle down. Um, and you don't have your uh, visa or landed immigrant status, um, those were kind of stressful days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if fear is the right word because we had enough money to live that year, uh, but it was stressful, completely very stressful. 
when when I uh, met uh, John Trod and uh, uh, and at that time his manager Doug, may he rest in peace. Um, I, I felt that this is the company that fits me. Um, I felt the vibe, the right vibe. And it took me two months to convince them to hire me. Mm-hmm. To a certain point that I kept telling Doug uh, McGregor, he was the manager at the time. I said, Doug, I'm going to work for, the, for this company. It's just a matter of when you're going to give up. That's what I told him on the phone like five times. And then, and then at the end of uh, January, he says, you know, David, I haven't seen someone so determined like you. Okay, come and work for us. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, the stress level went down. Mm-hmm. I didn't make money. It's a commission sales uh, job. But I knew that I have the ability to sell. I just had to learn the industry. I had to learn a little bit more. I, of course, I have to get adjusted to the culture because the culture in Israel, how we do business is different than here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't like... The stress level went down significantly. It's not that it completely disappeared. You know, until I made some money, it still was there. It took two years or three years before I started making some real money. But but I was I was way more. I slept better because mm-hmm. I realized that this is actually my passion. Realist commercial real estate is my passion. It's not just the sales job because you know mm-hmm. a good salesperson can sell today. Uh, uh, homes or or, or uh, a building, and tomorrow can sell a beer or or, or whatever you want to any kind of merchandise or service. So it was a combination of I, I know how to sell. I'm good with people. I know how to work with people, and I found my passion. Mm-hmm. So you say you're good with people. As a newcomer, how did you go to, to expand your network? Did oh. you just start knocking on the doors and yeah. say hi? Yeah. So basically, in sales, uh, people have to know who you are. So what I did is very simple. I, I decided I'm going to be focused on industrial, mm-hmm. industrial sales and leases. The reason was, at that time, uh, the company didn't have anyone that was doing this as, as a focused kind of uh, job. Mm-hmm. And... There we had uh, we had a lot of guys doing office leasing. We had some retail leasing. We had uh, investment sales, and nobody was dealing with the niche of uh, industrial. So I decided to go to that. So what I did what I did was very simple. I got a list of all the industrial landlords, mm-hmm. every industrial landlord that was doing any developments or had all, and I called them and I said, "Hi, my name is David Wallach, and I'm with." Uh, uh, to Road Realty, and I'm doing industrial, and I like to come to meet you. Mm-hmm. And I um, had coffee with all of them. And what I did, and, and every open house that any of the other brokerages and the industrial brokerages will send out, you know, invitations for open house. I'll go to every open house, and I'll put my card out there. And I, what I did, and we're talking in, nine, in 2000 and 2001, so. Computer is just getting into our business. And, and so I had two binders, Southeast Calgary, Northeast Calgary. And every piece of information I was able to get my hands on, I had there. Mm-hmm. So I started getting to know all the brokers. I started getting to know all the landlords. And then I got involved in our community and getting involved. So as you can see along the way, I'm always involved in extracurriculum, not just job. <laughs> Extracurriculum, curriculum, I mean community. And 
I started meeting those guys and getting to know them. And those circles just grow and grow and grow and grow. And there is no other way in sales but networking, networking. And if when you're tired of networking, you go and do networking. Because mm-hmm. that's the way to grow the uh, the the, the um, uh, circle of influencers you have that you can work with. And the good thing about um, real estate is, especially commercial, I don't remember that I ever attended a meeting or an event, social event, that has nothing to do with real estate that I don't end up people coming to me and talking about commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. So you have to tell your story all the time. You have to tell your story each and every time you meet people. You have to grow this circle all the time, all the mm-hmm. time, nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And, and there's no, there are no shortcuts. So it seems like determination is your main quality that really help you through all those tough decisions and times. Just for our listeners, let's sum up. What skills help you with the transition between all the new ventures that you had? Uh, Or which ones did you have to learn? Uh, That's a very tough question because I think it's easier for other people to say it about me than mm-hmm. me. Uh, so I have to, I, I don't want to come arrogant mm-hmm. uh, with my answer. But I go back to what I told you in the previous uh, segment before we went to the commercial. Um, I think it all starts with how you treat people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. It's how you treat people. And if you always treat them fairly, and you always treat them in a fashion that you let them, even if they have a, it's not just, um, let me say something else. When I was a supervisor, mm-hmm. life insurance supervisor, I had a group of, uh, I think 12, 12 life insurance agents that I was supervising. Okay. I knew the names of all their secretaries. Mm-hmm. I knew the name of the kids of all their secretaries. So when I called or I came to visit, I didn't go and talk with the guy first or the lady first that is selling. First I sat with that lady or guy at the front and I asked them about their family and I asked them, and, and it was a sincere question. It wasn't just, it wasn't just um, a, say, lip service. Mm-hmm. So if. If they told me they are in basketball or in soccer, I'll ask them the next meeting, so how did they do? How did they score? Did they sc- mm-hmm. It was, I kept this as, as I, I want to say, it, it was important for me to show them that I care. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that I'm trying to do the same everywhere or tur- during the whole process of my life, from being a staff sergeant, a GM, uh, insurance brokerage, Barclay Street, and Triumph. I always, the people that work with me are not employees. They are my friends, my mm-hmm. colleagues. Uh, we work shoulder to shoulder. Um, and and I, I, I think that it's the way that I treat people that help me make the transition. Um, mm-hmm. And as, if you remember at the beginning, I said, it doesn't matter what you, what industry you are. It's the people. So 
We are a people company dealing in real estate. We're a people company dealing with investments. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. Yeah. Um, you know, after being in leadership positions in different industries, what would you say the, ma- the most um, common reason for people failing or giving up, whether it be sports or brokerage, investors? Uh, it's, 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 you, you use the word determination and I'll use another word. It starts with a D, discipline. Mm-hmm. I find self-discipline the toughest um, thing to deal with, or also personally. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you are in sales, commission sales person, especially when you own a, a company, it doesn't matter which company you own. Like, to get up in the morning every morning when it's minus freaking 27 with windshield to mm-hmm. minus 40 and drive to downtown, it's not, you know, not the best thing to do in life. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes the difference. It's, the other thing is, this when I, when I talk about the self-discipline is do not look for shortcuts. Mm-hmm. I have a good, a very good friend here uh, that has... Uh, in previous uh, journeys with me, invested with me in some real estate ventures here. He always made money when he invested with me because the way we bought it, the way we uh, treated it, the way we did the leasing, the way we sold it. We, he then asked me to join him on two journeys that were not his kind of focus it's not what he does as a, for a living. Mm-hmm. Someone brought him a great, you know, opportunity. And he lost money twice mm-hmm. in both events. So it's that self-discipline to stick to what you know, to stick to what you're good at. And he's very good at that thing that he make, that he's doing right now. And you cannot, you, you cannot be successful by looking for shortcuts. And I've done this mistake in mm-hmm. the past. I've failed on a business that I wanted a shortcut. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that short, you know, we have a phrase in the army that says shortcuts are written in blood. Mm-hmm. And that failure for me, that was blood, that we lost money, the family was in shambles. Like we, we had to kind of, you know, go through tough times as a family. And, and so it's the self-discipline and determination. And, you know, um, yesterday, it was 10 years since uh, I bought the company. And out of the 10 years, if someone would have told me before, six years are recession in Calgary, right? Yeah. We have 2009 and 10, and now we have the last four years mm-hmm. here. It's like... Uh, there are sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are days that you you look at me and I say, hey, David, do you need a coffee? It's not because uh, I need a coffee. It's because I didn't sleep that night <laughs> and I need to keep it to stay awake. Yeah. But that's a, the determination and discipline that makes the difference. And, and, and the discipline of doing the due diligence and working hard and getting up and, and, and not, not looking for the easy way out or in, yeah. it, there, it doesn't exist. 
You know, speaking of uh, discipline, I've heard you're being featured in a book, uh, Desire, Discipline, and Determination. Do you yeah. want to tell us a little more? No, let, uh, well, let's keep it as a secret. It's a book uh, that uh, the publisher is Carl Wilson, and uh, he was a guest on my show a few uh, couple of months ago. He's, uh, he's a big uh, business coach, and he asked me to join that book uh, with, uh, I think there's an, uh, there are another uh, 20 or people or 15 to 20 which each one has their story a short story about our life experience and I think it's coming out uh, end of April or sometime in April so don't catch oh, me on a soon. yeah quite soon I'm excited about it uh, it's an it's an, uh, something that I've never thought that I'll be featured in anything and uh, <laughs> uh, you know but it's fun it's fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the final. I had yesterday to send my picture, my oh, <laughs> headshot, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, discipline, just for the listeners, um, do you have a routine of some sort that helps you with your discipline? Do you have a morning routine or a night routine, or what keeps you? Uh, you know, I don't have routine, but, but um, when I say that, I have to kind of... A few years ago, I decided that I need to lose weight. And so now I have a routine of workouts. Mm -hmm. And my EA, Sarah, knows that this is a meeting. You can't change this. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I'm trying to get to, to a better uh, meeting uh, rhythm routine mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with um, the people that work with me that I need to meet on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes time. And uh, I'm not... Uh, good at it yet but now I have two routines one is as I mentioned my my uh, uh, personal trainer but I also every two weeks meet my business coach mm. and um, it's very important for me to meet this business coach he puts a mirror in front of me and helps me um, you know pause for a second and look at the company and not in the day-to-day -day stuff. Mm, I didn't know that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so uh, I highly recommend a business coach to any uh, business owner. Uh, it's something that, for me, it's completely invaluable. It's, it's I, I, every minute mm. I'm with him, I, uh, he's coming in, uh, in 63 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, last question. Tell me something that is true and no one agrees with you on. Oh my God! <laughs> Something that is true, and nobody and no one agrees with you on. Well, first of all, everybody agrees with, with me. You. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> yeah. um, you know. I don't know if I have something that is uh, as you describe it, but 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 uh, but I think that if I had to kind of look back, I enjoy every minute of working with the people I work today mm -hmm. and I enjoy every minute in the industry I'm in today and I see myself doing it for the next 20 years and uh, I'm not young. That's amazing. <laughs> Sasha. Thank you, David. Uh, we reached the uh, end of today's episode of Taking Care of Business. Uh, you did an awesome job and I'm looking forward to having you, uh, you know, interview other people with me. We have a lineup of great people coming in the next two months. Um, thank you again, uh, guys, for your feedback. Uh, keep on sending us uh, your feedback to dvwallach at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, as usual, our dedicated engineer. And uh, 
We'll meet you here at voiceamerica.com slash variety next Tuesday, February 19, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Your host, Sasha, and her guest, David. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.